Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing toxic versus inadequate positivity, victim mentality, and empowered resiliency. One of the societal problems right now is painting way too much with the word trauma and toxic. And that doesn't help any of us. Let's get some things straight about trauma, toxicity, inadequacy, and delicacy. Trauma, believe it or not, is not about the event. Now, I want to get on my roof and shout this from the rooftops. Believe it or not, nothing is automatically traumatic. It's in how we respond to the event, how we process it, and how much exposure we have over time repeatedly that increases the likelihood of an event being traumatic. So the things that we think of as the big, bad, awfuls of human existence, the assaults, the rapes, the horrific car accidents... Even milder things like layoffs, and not that it's mild, but cancer, death of a parent, these things that we think of as automatically traumatic are not automatically traumatic. They're hard things that no one would actively choose to experience. They're things that bring pain, grief, confusion, lots of feelings, but they don't encode traumatically. And when I say traumatically, I mean creating post-traumatic stress disorder. Many social media mental health activists would have you believe that the event holds the trauma, which means essentially that we are constantly traumatized if you believe their narrative because we constantly have hard, unfair, accidental, and intentional hurtful things happen to us during our entire human journey. The truth that victim-minded activism dismisses is that rape victims, as hard as it is for our minds to understand how this is possible, rape victims can often go forward to have no issues with sex. Car accident victims can get right back into cars and drive or be the passenger. 
Who remembers Bethany Hamilton? Do you know that name? She's a surfer. She's often in our news cycles. She pops in. I think she had a baby in the recent history. She's a surfer whose arm was bitten totally off by a shark. And she healed and went right back into the water. I admire her refusal to allow one shark in all of the ocean to rob her of her love of surfing. She's resilient. And we as human beings are so much more resilient than these victimized victim mentality narratives are showing us, are reminding us constantly, and are teaching our youth. Nothing is automatically traumatic. We are surprisingly resilient as a species, despite how we might feel in any given moment as a highly sensitive person. So I might feel emotionally like I am absolutely dying or out of my mind. That doesn't mean that I am. It is a feeling, and sometimes our feelings are liars. This is a complex duality that we have to understand and learn how to navigate as highly sensitive people. You are surprisingly resilient, and you can learn more resiliency because resiliency is a skill. But we cannot be in resiliency and victim mentality at the same time. In a sense, it boils down to each of us having to choose The pendulum has swung from a societal denial of trauma for so many decades. Those World War I and World War II veterans, we didn't coin PTSD till the 80s. I remember learning about that and putting together and understanding the very real and true PTSD that my grandfather had from his ship going down in World War II. And he could hear, I did an episode about it, I think year one of the show, if you're interested in finding that where he, in the dark of night, could hear his fellow Navymen being eaten by sharks and taken under. And he was traumatized. I could remember being at the beach with him and what would happen to his energy, how it would change. He would only go ankle deep into the water. So the pendulum has swung from a societal denial of trauma. Oh, get over it. Oh, you're fine. Oh, push it down. Never talk about it. To over-talking about it, over-identifying with it. Pain is the contrast of the human experience. And that pain asks us, if we're to have a quote-unquote good life, it requires us to work with that pain. Wokeism seems to hold and teach the expectation that we should and we will, if we are loud enough, screaming at each other how to be better humans, how to be right humans, that we will eliminate Discomfort, pain, or contrast. This is impossible in the human condition. No, I'm not saying not to try to improve society, but to create the expectation that humans will be other than how humans are is not a healthy message. Teaching this to people is teaching people that they are delicate, that they can be okay only if the world is more delicate. You aren't delicate. A human being is a tough, resilient creature, no matter how you feel in any given moment. And each of our lives offers us that proof if we choose our power is in the choice to look at our lives through this empowerment versus in a disempowered way. This teaching, this way of being 
this righteousness, it's making the entire world seem traumatic. It's growing a victim mentality in our society. It's creating an impossible expectation that it's the world's job to meet this expectation of becoming kinder and more delicate, which of course we want more kindness, more goodness, more health, more inclusion. Of course we want those things, but expecting those things and hinging our wellness on getting those things is dangerous. We wonder why youth is depressed, why people aren't having children like years past They have on and they have been taught to have on a constant trauma lens, a constant struggle lens. How is this supposed to feel other than depressing? It is not a leap for me to say that I believe wokeism, despite its good intentions, has and is backfiring and increasing rates of various mental illness, depression, and ultimately suicide and overdose and addiction rates. Check out the study on social media and Tourette's syndrome if you're interested in science that backs up that social media is spreading mental illness. Trauma therapists and people who go to therapists. I want to share that in last year's Boundaries course, it was the first time in my 16-year career that multiple people realized while taking my Empowering Boundaries course that their therapists or their eating disorder treatment program or their depression treatment program had been enabling their victim mentality. And I was so proud of these people being willing to see that, to say that, to own that, and to let go of that destructive shit. You cannot have peace if you grip victim mentality. Our human egos crave curling in a ball and licking our wounds. Before I go on, I want to be clear. If you get mugged at gunpoint on the street, In that moment, yes, you were victimized. The moments when I was molested, I was victimized. We have to acknowledge that as part of our grief work when tough things happen. There's healthiness in that. That is very different than operating under a persistent victim mentality that starts to put a lens, just like putting glasses on your face, it starts to put a lens of looking for the ways that the world is victimizing you over and over and over again. That is victim mentality. And that robs us of life. Therapists who enable this, let me say clearly to you that this is destructive. It is enabling. And if you are doing this, it is likely that you are nursing a victim mentality inside of you and need to do some inner work, or you have some codependency work to do because you may be scared to confront and truly help your clients move past what is keeping them stuck and licking their wounds. Or you don't know how to face, it's not easy, it takes energy, it takes courage, especially in this cancel culture, virtue signaling world that we have. And the average therapist out there, that gets paid to nod and lets the client get away with just talking and talking and talking and rehashing and rehashing, processing and processing, analysis paralysis. If this is you as a therapist, I challenge you to make 2022 the year that you learn how to become more effective and face this work for you and any population that you are attempting to serve. We need real therapists who are courageous who are handling their own issues to step up for the mental health of this country and beyond. Lives literally depend on it. 
clients of therapists like this. Don't go into victim mode right now if this is you. Yes, it is the therapist's job to know this stuff. And if yours doesn't, you also hold responsibility as a human being in charge of your own life. And that responsibility is to recognize that you aren't moving forward. To recognize, to own, and to speak up and say that part of you likes being coddled. That's not unique to you. That's part of how our human egos work. We all at certain points in our life have to admit this to ourselves. It's also your job, your responsibility to admit to yourself that there's a healthier part of you that wants and needs to let go and move on. It is your job as a human being on this planet to either ask the therapist for more confrontation, to help you get unstuck, to help you let go of that old story that just keeps cycling and cycling and cycling, or to say goodbye to that therapist and find a therapist who is more willing and or more capable of helping you really grow past your stuck points. All of us need a moment of licking our wounds, of acknowledging when we have been victimized. And then we need to shift and practice resiliency. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Toxic positivity is another overpopularized term that is fun to say and makes us sound smart and mental health advocacy-ish. But let me break this down. Often what is happening when this term is thrown around is that we're going through something. I'll use divorce or a layoff as an example for us to hold together in our minds. We go to someone in our world looking for sympathy or empathy because we feel down and low and wronged and we don't get what we want from them. They don't say the things that we want. That person doesn't give us what we showed up wanting and we call it toxic positivity now. A person says, well, now you can get a better job. Look on the bright side. You weren't happy there anyway. Or you're the one who wanted the divorce, didn't you? And you're getting it now and you're free. And we accuse them of toxic positivity. We dismiss them in our minds. And we feel righteous. It is our job in a moment like this to take ownership. It's on you to see that you went to someone wanting something very narrow, creating an expectation of what they would say and how they would be with you. And they said, what they wanted to say, not what you wanted them to say. Don't position yourself to be the victim of this. I will no longer use this term toxic positivity because what is really going on here is one of a few things. 
as a human collective tribe, we are emotionally ignorant because we do not teach emotional intelligence in elementary school, in middle school, and in high school and beyond. Unless you seek out a counseling degree, because it doesn't come with a psychology degree, y'all. You might have that expectation if you haven't actually walked through getting a psychology degree, but a lot of that is about science and brain science, statistics. We don't teach emotional intelligence. So most people that we're going to go to are emotionally ignorant. That's not an insult. That's just a reality. So often our pattern is to go to people in our lives who have a track record of not saying the right thing when we're in pain. Or not saying a satisfying thing when we are in pain and we go to them. Victim mentality says this is their fault. How dare they? Toxic positivity. Empowerment and ownership, which is the way to freedom, says I have enough evidence that this person doesn't feel helpful to me when I'm in struggle. So I need to change this pattern of wanting to go to them and accept who they really are. So often someone who touts toxic positivity is expecting a lay person to be able to respond like a skilled therapist and hold space for them when that other person just doesn't know how. So that other person in their own emotional discomfort, because they're seeing you in emotional discomfort, they offer the bright side, trying to get you to feel better, trying to get you to land on that bright side so that then they can feel better witnessing you no longer on the dark side. So the trap is that you want your version of compassion from them, and in your eyes, they fail. But in that very moment, you aren't having any compassion for them, that they just suck at this. That's not toxicity. This is inadequacy. It is not useful for us to confound and twist toxicity and inadequacy. Some people will love and care for you in this life and stay emotionally on the surface or emotionally ignorant. It is unfair and victimy to paint this with a toxic brush. Own who you go to support for. Own your own patterns there. Many of us who have grown up with people who had absolutely no idea how to emotionally relate or support us have been stuck for years in patterns of continuing to go to people who don't know how to support us. It takes some elements of maturity, insight, and emotional growth to know how to listen and reflect. Those of us who have done this work may be better, but we will still get it wrong sometimes. But we may know and be able to give you feedback that sounds like, that sucks that you were let go. Let me know if there's something I can do. Or divorce is hard and you were in the midst of it. I know it sucks till it doesn't and and I'm here for you. This is an inadequacy that many people carry. But that is different than toxicity. Own your part here. Don't try to make people who don't know how to hold space for you when you're hurting hold that space and then accuse them of being toxic, which positions you as the victim that the ego loves. Another option is if you are hurting and someone shows up trying to guide you to the silver lining and you're not ready to go there yet. Consider that this is like being offered a drink. Just decline it. You don't want that drink. You don't want to drink it. So don't drink it. Don't accept it. Don't hold it. Just decline it and seek a different beverage elsewhere. 
Yeah, thanks for trying. I guess I'm not really in the mood to talk. Or I think I'm looking for something different. Thanks anyway. Just peace out. We can also accept that the average person will not know how to hold space for us as a skilled therapist might. And we can be real with ourselves about our expectations of others in this way. We free ourselves when we work to accept who they really are instead of who we want and expect them to be. We free ourselves when we accept what the people around us are capable of versus painting everything as toxic. Often what is also going on with this dynamic is that when we don't know how to take care of ourselves, how to be securely attached to ourselves, we often want from others what we don't yet know how to give to ourselves. So in terms of this dynamic, what we often want from an external source is a compassion or a kindness or to say the right thing. And the truth is, many of us don't know how to say the right thing inside of our own heads. The sad truth is that many of us don't know how to compassionately hold space for ourselves. So that judgment of you are doing toxic positivity with me may very well be a projection of the critical voice. Because we don't know how to guide ourselves towards what we need in that moment. And we want it from an external source. And this is part of really growing up our inner child. We don't always get what we want. And we must learn how to deal with that instead of going into a victim mentality about that. So whatever you were seeking from this person while hurting, will you be willing to challenge yourself to work on learning how to give that to yourself so that you can fill your own cup and or so that you can seek for more qualified people and more qualified spaces. The reality might be that your family dynamic, your family unit, your siblings or your parents or your extended family just may not be great at being supportive. So Maybe that means you seek out a support group or a different friend or a different, more distant relative. Will you challenge yourself instead of giving your energy to toxic positivity judgment, to feeling victimized? Will you own that it is your job to teach people how to treat you and stand up for yourself and speak up for yourself? Another option that we have in this dynamic is to look someone squarely in the face and say and guide in the realm of teaching people how to treat us, hey, I'm not ready to be positive yet. I just want to vent. Can you just let me vent? And then nod and say, hey, that really sucks. Are you willing to get so assertive for yourself that you can move through your world really teaching people how to treat you so that you can actually figure out who is willing to learn how to be with you versus writing them off? Are you willing to work on your inner relationship and your outer relationships in such a way, leaning into vulnerability? It's vulnerable to do that. It's easier to shut down and just go toxic positivity, isn't it? We can lean into that vulnerability for the potential of our growth And when we do this, we're no longer hurt if somebody shows up with positivity in a moment when we don't want it. We can be mindful this year of what messages we are allowing into our consciousness. 
If you want to be happy, are you taking messages from people that seem happy or miserable? If you want to feel whole and healed, are you learning and growing from and with people who feel somewhat whole and healed or victimized by whatever force in the world? We can be disciplined in what we choose for that ego that all of us have, that ego that desires to lay down and lick wounds and surround itself only with others that tell you it's so okay, it's so right to lay down and lick those wounds as much as you want, as long as you want, as months and years and decades go by. This ego inside of all of us wants us surrounded by people who want to blame the harsh, cold world for not being nice enough and that it's not your fault and never your fault just keep on licking i don't want you staying stuck or small or wounded and i hate the idea that someone thinks they are growing and getting better when they are being enabled to lay down and lick their wounds that they are ingesting messages like i've spoken of today that ultimately and sneakily backfire on our lives But I can want that for you till my dying days, and it matters not. You have to not just want better for yourself and cross your fingers in hope. You must be willing to change and be different to change and be different. And I hope with every fiber of my being that you give yourself the gift of getting real so that you can feel lighter and happy despite this world because this world may forever contain equal parts lightness and darkness we have day we have night we have sky we have earth we have light and we have dark today's episode i suspect will go one of two ways those of you who are in the victim ego will be pissed off by me saying this today How dare anyone give good evidence that I should stop licking my wounds? The ego will rally and make me the wrong bad guy. And those of you who really deeply and truly authentically are ready to get past that ego, that really want lightness and are willing to clear the bullshit will feel grateful for me confronting this and peeling back this layer of twisted good intention that's gone bad. You are worth this work. I started this show to show my story, but to not over-identify with it as any kind of victim, to show you that you can have a lot of hard things happen in your life, a lot of wrong, bad, tragic, uncomfortable, impactful, traumatic things. And you can grow light, clear, You can learn how to have more ease in this life than maybe you've ever felt before. You can have more peace, more joy, less pain in your shoulders and your neck and your jaw and your belly. We are all worth this work. If there's something in this episode that helps you understand this world and being a person and helps you let go of more pain and confusion to have more clarity... Please share this episode or any other with anyone that you think will benefit. From the beginning in 2018 when we released the show, y'all have been our marketing team. Y'all have spread emotional badass. It gets me every time, y'all. All over the world. It cracks me up. We even have four downloads in North Korea. Don't know how it's possible, but we do. Y'all have done that. 
thank you. Thank you. A day doesn't go by where me and the team don't get messages of people saying, oh my goodness, I think I found my tribe. I think for the first time in my life, I understand that I'm highly sensitive. That is because of how this audience has shared the show and how some of you have chosen with your disposable income, despite the millions and millions of places and people and things that pull at your financials, you have graciously chosen to get on our Patreon and support Emotional Badass, me and the team. We cannot do the show without you. Thank you so very much. The last live stream topic was drugs and alcohol. Chris said that the last live stream was my best ever. I'm not sure. That's his feedback. The very next live stream is on love, any kind of love. The love I talk about on the show when I say light and love to you. Romantic love, sibling love, parental love, pet love, whatever kind of love, spiritual love. Come ask the questions and envelop yourself in the healing that we have there. One of the things that you get when you join our Patreon is a shout out. I want to thank these Patreon producers of the show. I want to thank Perry Ann, Ingvlid, Jess, Vivian, Stephanie, Gretchen, Sarah, Cassie, Grace. Thank you so much for your support. I want to thank Catherine, Kaylee, Deborah, Kim, Jenna, Lisa, Amanda, Kim, Harleen, Carrie, Amy, Genesis, Natalie, Jillian, Jill, Jean, and Jessica. My goodness. That's a long list of supporters. Thank you all so, so much. There's so much that we have to own in this life and do ourselves. And there's also so much support. None of us get through this life without help. Thank you for the help and support that you have given us through Patreon, through iTunes reviews, and through spreading the show across the world. We'll be here right here next time, next week. Light and love. I am an emotional badass. You were an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Light and love. Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.